Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath July 2nd, we look at Lesson 1, The Shepherd's Crucible. Together, let's look at Psalm 23 and realize that the Lord indeed is our shepherd. With our special guest, Matthew Lucio, let's dive deep into this lesson. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, everyone, uh, welcome, and here we are in the Crucible with Christ, a new quarter. And Michael, we have a special guest with us. We do. Well, first of all, we're in, uh, Swoops and I are in Lexington for the Called Pastors Convention. We thought it'd be really cool to bring in our good friend, Matthew Lucio. The one who, and only. Yeah, the guru of Adventist podcasting. Matthew, welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. And if you haven't heard his podcast, the Adventist History Podcast, obviously you can just imagine that's like one of my all-time favorite podcasts. So check it out. Yeah, I was just telling Michael, uh, a lot of students come to me saying that they enjoy that Michael actually uh, requires it, right? Uh, yeah, before, signed, uh, yes, as signed listening. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Matthew, you want to tell us a little bit more about your podcast? Sure. We started about eight years ago. I say we, it's the royal we. <laughs> started about eight years ago. It was actually 2014 on October 22nd. Just totally random date, you know, no significance whatsoever in Adventist sure. history. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just, it started off with 14 downloads. It was just me I actually went over to an elder's house because he did music. And he, I was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. I don't know anything about audio. I don't know anything about podcasting. And he's like, oh, no big deal. I got a music set up in my house. Just come over and record on that. So he just sat there quietly in the same room, monitoring the levels, which I didn't know anything about. And I just recorded into his, his the mic that he used for music. And like I said, 14 downloads. I thought that was great. And here we are later. <laughs> here we are. Well, how many downloads are you getting now? <laughs> uh, last year we had about 130,000. Hey, amen. That's so great. A, a few more than 14. Yeah, just, just a couple more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many. Not many. Cool. Well, we're glad that you can join us as we dive into a new quarter and a new lesson, Buster. Yeah, so this week, uh, uh, it's, it's titled The Shepherd's Crucible, and our memory text comes from Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. We've probably heard that a couple times before, uh, but I enjoy this lesson because it's going to get a little bit deeper into it. And so, Michael, let's jump straight into it. Sunday's lesson, A Guide for the Journey, The Shepherd. Yeah, so one of the big things that this lesson is talking about as we're getting started is who is the shepherd and what does the shepherd do? And I think, uh, you know, there's a number of different texts, but I mean, I think it's pretty almost superfluous, right? I mean, we know what a shepherd is. A right. shepherd is someone who takes care of his or her flock. Um, the first text is right there, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. This is talking about God. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. So a shepherd is just taking care of his or her flock. And I think that's just such a beautiful, beautiful analogy that is used in scripture. And we're starting out this lesson in this new whole quarter with. Now, I want to contrast this with Buster and okay. Matthew uh, with when I was a young pastor in Western Colorado, 
Uh, one day I was driving to my church. I had two churches. I had one up in the mountains and I was driving along this small little country two-lane highway and I, there was a slight rise in the highway. I went over a hill. And as I went over, the, got to the crest to the top, my heart sank because I looked on the road and there was a sea of sheep. Nice, <laughs> nice. And I hit the brakes and you know when you stop really fast and you kind of do a little fishtail kind of oh, thing? Oh yes. I fishtailed and as I came to a stop, at the end of my bumper was the sheep looking up at me, bah, and I'm like. No, I don't want to interpret sheep language, but I'm pretty sure it's not something we can mention on the podcast what that sheep was gonna say at that moment. Well, that was that was almost uh, some uh, some lamb chops there. Now, do sheep say holy cow? I just want to. I don't know what they, I don't know what they say, but, but that was one sheep looking up at me and I was like, sheep, you almost were dead. And so, and of course, it was not just that one sheep, past that sheep was literally thousands of sheep all up and down the road for the next probably quarter mile. And I just sat there and soon I was enveloped, my car was enveloped in sheep bah, all around me. And, and after a couple of minutes, uh, a shepherd comes up on, on horseback. He mm. had his get up and everything and he had his big cowboy hat and, um, and I had rolled down my window. It was a nice day outside. And I said, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't in Texas yet. What were you doing? Yeah, yeah. Were you wearing a bow tie when you said howdy? Well, uh, probably not. I was on my way to church, but this is before my bow tie conversion. Oh, it's yeah. BT, before, before bow tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so there I saw the shepherd. I said, howdy. And he said, howdy. And I said, man, I almost took out one of your sheep. <laughs> and he said, it's no big deal if you had. <laughs> we lose a sheep now and then all the time. It's no problem if you took one out. <laughs> I wow. don't want him to be my shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never forgotten that. So it talks about the Lord is my shepherd, but it all depends on who your shepherd is. Yes, yes. Because yes, there's yes. some good shepherds out there. Thankfully, God's compared to a good shepherd. The greatest, right? But I've never forgotten. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> Mercy. So that's uh, that. That was that. So uh, and in Psalm 23, which is the the heart of what we're looking at here today, Psalm 23, uh, which is I think probably one of the most quoted passages in Scripture. You know, after maybe like John 3:16 or whatever. By far. By far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and just uh, since we're going to be diving more into that, in fact, uh, Lucio, maybe I'll have. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, we're just. We're actually, if we're just in uh, Lucio's hotel room, yeah. trying to oh, find yeah. a quiet spot for he us to record setup. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucio is the mobile podcaster, I tell you. Um, would you read it for us, just that beginning part of Psalm 23? Because it just kind of sets the context. Sure. It says, I'm going to read out of the NET, by the way. It's kind of my study translation. So if it sounds a little different, if you're used to the New King James or something. We'll take it. All right. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He takes me to lush pastures. He leads me to refreshing water. He restores my strength. He leads me down the right paths for the sake of his reputation. And then I'll go on to verse six, I think. Sure. It says, even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. 
You prepare a feast for me in plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. Mm. What a beautiful depiction of a shepherd. And what a contrast to the one I met. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. <laughs> so uh, locations on the journey, Buster. Uh, let's let's explore this a little more. Yeah. So uh, this dives a little bit more into Psalm twenty-three, verse three. He leads me in the path uh, for His namesake, and it talks about as the sheep are going. Or imagine if you're a, sh- a sheep and the shepherd's leading you. Sometimes you know where you're going and sometimes you don't. Sometimes your view is obstructed and it's comparing it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes God leads us and we have no idea what's on the other side. Uh, Michael, you took a journey here recently and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't always know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know that God's hand is in it, right? Yeah, and we have to trust him every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as it's going through, one of, the, one of the key points that I loved here is that uh, it talks about the last line. It's always about his training his people in righteousness. Mm-hmm. So as he's leading us, it's not just about the process. It's not just about the uh, destination. It's about in the process of what he's doing us, doing with us as we're journeying. Um, and, and so I was reading that. I was looking at that. I was I was amazed. And uh, my wife is right now going through a book on the twenty third Psalm, and the author is actually a shepherd. Hmm. And he talks about it, and he says, uh, every once in a while, he'll get a wayward sheep. And the wayward sheep will lead the other sheep astray and they'll follow him. And he's like, it's, it's rebellious. And he's like, it's really sad because he has to kill it. <laughs> I was like, what? I was, wow. like, oh, I was like, what's what's wrong with you? And she's like, no. She's like, because it will teach other sheep to continue to do wrong things. Mm, wow. uh, and I, I just thought about it. Just the correlations in our own lives. If we're not keeping our eyes on the shepherd, walking with him, we can be in so much danger. And to actually enjoy not just the destination because mm-hmm. we all want to get to heaven, but to actually enjoy the process of what he's doing in us and with us as we're going there. Yes. Uh, yes. Matthew, do you have, have anything to add to that? Well, I, I like this line here for the sake of his reputation or for his name's sake. Ooh. Mm. Like he has, like he has staked his own reputation, his own name on how he treats us. Ooh. Wow. You know, like, you know, like that's, yeah. that's personal. It's kind yeah. of like, you know, those business owners, like it's my name on the door. So, yeah. you know, this company needs to be run a certain way because it reflects on my name. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just not any shepherd. here. Yeah, it's not just any shepherd. And these are not just any sheep. They're right. his sheep. And, right. if, you know, and if, if, if through neglect or mistreatment, something happens to them, that reflects on him. Yeah. So he's got a he's got a vested personal interest in our well-being. Oh, man, I love, love it. it. Yeah, I love it. He is. He's in other words, it's not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it does matter to him. It does matter right. to him because they're put, his. He put his name on it. That's right. Put his name that's on right. us, right? We, we have a just God, and he rightly rules the universe. And, mm-hmm. and that's what the great controversy is all about, is this question of the odyssey. Is, is, is God, can God be trusted? Yeah. 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 Absolutely, he can. Uh, so, Michael, tell us about the unexpected detour. Well, back to verse 4. It talks about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I think all of us at various points in our lives will and have gone through various valleys that we um, experience. And those can be low points. And of course, I think there's probably no lower point than the valley 
of the shadow of death. I mean, that's the termination of one's life. And whether it's your own life or someone close to you, it is a key moment. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a hospital chaplain for some time, and, and I remember going in and visiting with people after a loved one had died or someone that was dying. And, and sometimes they didn't always have a loved one to be there with them, and I would be the one holding their hand as they breathe their last. And and that's a momentous occasion. And, and I've had people thank me. Thank you so much for being there when I couldn't. They couldn't get to the hospital fast enough or whatever it might have been. Uh, but when we're in that moment, whatever it might be. And I say this is deeply personal for me. This last week, my, um, my uncle uh, just passed away. Well, he went through that, that shadow of death, right? Um, had, had a journey of cancer, and in a way it was merciful because, uh, I mean, it's just he was suffering, right? Yeah. But, but uh, there was this pang when I got the phone call this last week that uh, my uncle Al had, had, was gone. Mm. And, and, and that's that kind of thing. You, you stop and you pause because you know something significant has happened. What the great story, the great news of Scripture here in Psalm 23 is to tell us at those moments that we can have hope that our divine shepherd will be there with us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love this part about your rod and your staff reassure me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, you know, it... it, it it's an emotional reassurance, yeah. you know, in times when we're scared. And it, it's, you know, sometimes we, we get caught up in this whole cosmic God and mm-hmm. we're getting through the legality of like how God's character will be vindicated and, you know, how all that works. But it's like, this is a very small, intimate thing. Like I'm scared and he uses the tools at his disposal to reassure mm. me. Yeah. And God has many tools. I mean, we're in a metaphor here of a shepherd with his rod. Okay, I get it. But, but, but God has many tools to reassure us with. He really does. And, and by the way, when God's actually using those tools, they're not always very comfortable. You know, <laughs> no. right? That rod and staff. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, God can speak through other people in their lives. And, and when we recognize that, yeah, I mean, this is my friend so-and-so or my neighbor so-and-so, but that was, that was something God told them to say to me. Yeah. I, right, recognize, right, right, I right. recognize God's voice in them, and I realize he's trying to reassure me or remind me of his promises or whatever it may be. And, 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 you know, when we see the tools, the, the rod or the staff, we're meant to be reminded of the presence of God. Mm. Well, that's the first detour. Uh, let's, let's uh, push this a little further. Uh, the surrounded table, you, you know, uh, Matthew, you've been bringing up some really key points in these texts, but 23 verse five, I'd love to hear your insight on this in, in just a second, but you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Mm. Uh, man, and you know, just think about this imagery. Every time I read this, like something new pops out. But um, uh, usually, when you think of enemies, you destroy my enemies bitterly with fire and brimstone in, the, my, pre- in my presence. No, mm. this is a banquet being set up in the presence mm-hmm. of his enemies, seeing uh, his enemies seeing him being honored in the presence of the Lord. Wow. But imagine this, his enemies are still there as well. So they get to be mm-hmm. a part of the festivities. And I, and I think that sometimes we, we need to look at this. It's not a just straight up, oh, I can't wait to, for them to be destroyed. It's, I can't wait for reconciliation. Yeah. I can't wait for vindication. Mm-hmm. And that's for all of us, right? For them to see that they are wrong and not necessarily that I was right, but that we actually come together and that we're actually in this brotherhood once again, this sisterhood. 
Uh, and so as we're, as we're looking at this, you prepared this table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Um, I just have to mention this. Uh, my friend Pierre Quinn, he always uh, he preached a sermon before preaching from the underflow right mm, mm, <laughs> what happens when uh mm-hmm. when you're when you're when your cup isn't running over yeah, right yeah. and david has many of those moments here in the book of psalms yeah right but it's 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 like this whenever you connect with this with the shepherd immediately he can cause your cup to run over yeah. because you're not the one feeling it he yeah. is mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so like we it. have to make sure that we're connecting with the savior making mm-hmm. sure that we're looking at the shepherd and eventually we'll, it will get to, to that point mm-hmm. where we are having this banquet in the presence of our enemies. But in the meantime, sometimes it's awful dealing with those enemies, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so he's, I think, I think there's a, a message from David saying, hold on, hang on, mm-hmm. uh, and it will get better. Uh, and so, Matthew, I'd love to hear your insights there once again in, in 23 verse 5. Well, I, I think... Uh... I think that this is the way that we are right now before Jesus comes again is we are surrounded by our enemies and of course Jesus commands us to love them but yes you know this is you know we we would like to be in a situation where some of the imprecatory psalms you reference say that the enemies are defeated yes. we're looking forward to that day <laughs> when we're surrounded by friends and neighbors in the Lord but we're not there yet no. so in the meantime we can feel a little uh, besieged, a little overwhelmed, a little surrounded by our enemies around us. Of course, especially these days in in the United States, we a lot of Christians are feeling like less and less uh, involved in the culture that goes on around them, and and it can feel it can begin to feel like I'm alone, right? Mm-hmm. And and here this imagery is, of course, we're switching from the from the shepherd motif as you were noting, but the imagery here is I'm not alone because God goes out of His way in this situation to show special favor to me. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Like, I I don't want for anything. I have comfort. I have everything that I need. He provides for me, despite the fact that I'm in this insecure situation right now, surrounded by my enemies. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely love that, that he is the one that provides, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And also looking forward to future being a future providence right so it's not just here and now but and that that's what holds holds us down as christians which is Mm. hope Mm -hmm. we hope Mm -hmm. for the future and we have hope now too right because Mm -hmm. he's providing now but even more so one day the ultimate uh deliverance if you will yes so michael finishes out here with a certain promise for the journey yeah so coming back to uh Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house <clears throat> in the house of the Lord forever. And a couple, two questions, really. Uh, what are the two things that uh, David says that we can be certain of? And that is God's goodness and his unfailing love. Mm. Now, it doesn't say we're going to be rich all the days of our lives doesn't say that we're going to have all the things that we want oh, all the days of our lives. Please. But I love these two mm-hmm. words here, goodness and unfailing love. So whatever hey, circumstances we go. may be in, we know, and we can live and follow um, the master shepherd himself, uh, emulating him uh, in our daily lives. But I love this, the this reminder of goodness and unfailing love that we can be certain of these two things. Mm. Um, and I'm going to uh, deviate for just a minute because I can't help myself, but 
<laughs> last generation theology. It was one of the hot topics of the called convention. And one of the things that uh, last generation theology, for those that aren't familiar with it, is this idea that you have to be perfect in order to make Christ come again. That's kind of the classic version from Andreasen. It's mm -hmm. a little Adventist history thrown in here for mm -hmm. the mix. And uh, part of that, it's a focus on one's own preoccupation that I have to be somehow good enough for the shepherd to come and get me. And those sheep, think of those sheep. There's nothing good that they can do that makes the shepherd come and get them. Mm -hmm. But it's God's goodness and his unfailing love. There's never a point when we will not need the good shepherd. Yes. So just had to insert that in there <laughs> really quick. <laughs> uh, what would be a podcast episode, a crossover podcast with the Adventist History Podcast? Yes. Matthew. <laughs> Without a little Adventist history thrown in here somehow. Yes, indeed. And I love this, you know, this NET here is, is telling me about this word pursue will follow me. Mm -hmm. This radaf, it means, uh, it says here to pursue or to chase. Mm. In other words, it's not just that it's like following at a leisurely distance behind me, mm -hmm. but that God's goodness and faithfulness are, are they're chasing me. Yeah, he's coming. He's, the shepherd's coming after you. Yes, it's, it's actually the complete opposite of last generation theology. Yes, 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 exactly. He's he he wants to get me. He wants to chase me. He wants to give me that faithfulness and that goodness. It's not like a, yeah, yeah. They'll be there in in five to seven business days. Yeah, just hang on. Like no, no, no. He's he's hunting me down with his mercy. Otherwise, it'd be the sheep attacking the shepherd. <laughs> 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 Woo. You know, such a beautiful image of the character of God and his, once again, his unfailing love, his goodness, his that goodness. we can be assured of those things. Uh, whatever challenges that we may face, the valley of the shadow of death, mm -hmm. uh, wh wherever we may be in our lives, um, you know, we've talked about variously, um, and, and our listeners, I don't know what you may be going through, you know, right? Uh, that that's that's happening. Uh, in your own life, you may be going through incredible challenges. I, I don't know, but God knows, and he is that shepherd, wants to be that shepherd, uh, and to let you know, to reassure you of his love, unfailing love, and his, his goodness for each and every, all, all of us. Yeah. yeah. You know, Michael, right after that, says, I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. And I think sometimes we feel like... Oh, when we get to heaven, that's when we start dwelling, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But dwelling in the house of the Lord starts now. Mm -hmm. It starts when we develop that relationship with him. And he dwells with us, and we dwell with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this inhabitation of Christ in, a, in us, and in the indwelling Christ, right? Yeah. And so uh, if you're waiting for heaven to dwell in the house of the Lord, then you, you've waited too late, and you might not make it. Uh, but if you start now, today just imagining and knowing that God is living in you, right? Yeah. Today then is you, the day of salvation. Exactly. Then you start dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Mm -hmm. And forever begins now. Yeah. Any, yes. any final thoughts, Matthew? You know, I, I love that thought so much because, you know, there's all this good news in this psalm, but you mm -hmm. might be tempted to think, well, all good things come to an end. <laughs> right? And this yeah. final verse is like, no, it doesn't end. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. It doesn't end. It goes yeah. on forever and ever and ever. In fact, the word here for, for living in the house of the Lord, at least how this is translated in English, is actually shuv, which is the word from yeah. which we get repentance yep. yeah. sure. and returning. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yep. and, and so we keep returning to the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Like, this is Amen. our home. No one's ever going to take that away from us. And I love that uh, promise. I, lo I love the, the actionable step in there because 
just because you're dwelling today doesn't mean you're going to dwell tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. And so we have to make the conscious decision every day to return yes. and live there and dwell there. Yes. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, Matthew. I think we'll put a wrap for another week. Uh, so uh, thank you. We've got Matthew Lucio from the Adventist History Podcast. This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.